Life has its ups and downs. Life can be hectic. Life can be fun. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world today. Hello everybody, it's Pastor Dan Wills Jr. here from Chandler Acres Church and I am your host of this Venture Podcast and I want to welcome you this morning as well as wish you a Merry Christmas on this Christmas Eve and I'm so excited to be talking to you guys today because we are concluding our series of God With Us. Uh, It's week number four and this series has been so fantastic to be able to present to you guys and, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. And and I'm hoping you guys are a little excited to hear uh, about our God some more today because a Savior has been born. And I believe that it is probably the reason and the purpose of why you are listening to this podcast today. You know, perhaps you're just joining us and you're new, and I appreciate that, and I want to welcome you guys. Uh, And we're in the middle of a, a message series called God With Us, as I mentioned before. And today's message is very personal to me, and I pray it will be very personal to you as well. And what I want to do is talk about something that is a a cornerstone belief for those of us who are Jesus followers. Now, what I want to do is, is be as clear as I can to explain this very important principle in a way that will will minister to those of you who are Jesus followers. And who knows, it it might draw some interest from others in a in a very special way. And I want to talk about what theologians call the incarnation. What do we believe when we talk about the incarnation? What I would love if if would we just kind of just Listen as and, and as I read to you from Matthew chapter 1 um, today, it's a ber- very powerful verse of scripture and it introduces the idea of incarnation. So if you guys will, uh, let me read that to you. It's from Matthew chapter 1 and it's verses 18 through 23. And here's what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Today I want to talk to you about the presence of God through the birth of the son Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God is with you. And so I want to give you a little background to this message. Occasionally people will say, hey Dan, how long does it take you to write a message? You know, or hey, how long does it take you to write a sermon? And what I always tell them is this. The answer is always as long as it takes. Sometimes it might be 10 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours, sometimes 22 hours, 25 hours, a couple days. Um, how long does it take? As long as it takes, you know, and, and kind of, it's kind of like giving birth. How long does it take to give a birth to a kid? 
as long as it takes, right? It just is going to happen. In fact, Jen and I have uh, two kids. Uh, Kaylee's uh, my daughter, who's the oldest one. Uh, her birth felt like days, while my son Corey came out of uh, uh, out because Jen sneezed, basically. And you know, so how how long does it take? And I would probably should not compare writing a, a sermon to giving birth for a, a number of reasons. So so forgive me, um, you know. But we'll we'll just move on. But anyway, this particular message. Uh, was really special because I sat down at my computer and what normally takes me about a a day to outline the message took me literally uh, about 45 minutes. It was as if I was watching someone else, you know, type the words out and and, and I got emotional. There were times when I would kind of laugh and, and then there were other times when I was fighting back tears. It was because of the special way this came about that I have great faith that it will speak to you today. The Incarnation. What is the Incarnation? In order to clearly define this in a way that that everybody would understand, I I went to the source of all wisdom and all knowledge. I I went to Wikipedia to determine what is exactly the Incarnation. Now, of course, that's a little sarcastic because we do have to be careful with Wikipedia what people can put in there and take out and and things like that. But uh, what I did is I looked at it. And what I want to do is I, I want to go and and read this to you, and this will clarify this big theological idea. What is the Incarnation? Well, Wikipedia defines it this way. In Christian theology, the doctrine of the Incarnation holds that Jesus, the preexistent divine Logos, and the second hypostasis of the Trinity, God, the Son, and the Son of the Father, taking on human body and human nature, was made flesh. Conceived in the womb of Mary, the Theotokos, the doctrine of the Incarnation uh, then entails that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully human to natures joined in hypostic union. Now, that we understand, now that we, you know, kind of can get this understanding of the Incarnation with that, I'd like to move to, to better theological terms, okay? So we can all grow in our faith. Now, just in case you were wondering... I've been a pastor for over 20 years, and I didn't understand half of what was in Wikipedia. I want to make it as simple as I can because this is a cornerstone belief for those of us who are followers of Christ. The question is, what is the Incarnation? And as simply as I can put it, the Incarnation is when God became flesh and the person of his son, Jesus. See, John's Gospel in John 1 and 14 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. The incarnation is when God the Spirit entered into our world in the person, in the flesh of Jesus Christ, who was Jesus. Jesus was all man and all God, all at the same time. He is God incarnate. He is God in the flesh. And this may still be a little bit foggy to you, and I imagine what it would be like to explain this idea, this the incarnation to our first grandchild is how I looked at this. No, uh, we don't have one on the way, but I'm being prepared. What I would say to my grandson in a very short period of time, what I believe was mostly breathed from the Spirit of God, this little imagery story about what would happen if God the Father had a conversation with Jesus, his son, before Jesus came to earth. The love of the Father was explaining to his son what going to 
earth and fulfilling the mission would actually cost him. To be really, really clear though, this conversation didn't happen, okay? But what I'm going to talk about is consistent with what the Bible says happened. I'm only going to add a little bit of creative flair to it. Imagine what it would be like if God the Father said, Jesus, here's what is going to cost you. And the loving Father explained to Jesus what the mission would actually entail. How would the conversation go? It would go something like this. Jesus, son, this is your mission, should you choose to accept it. I'm going to send you to earth to fulfill the perfect will, to be a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. How is it going to start? Jesus, I've, been, I've chosen for you the woman who will be your mother. You're going to love her. She's a teenage girl who is completely devoted to, her, our, to our will. Her name is Mary. She loves us so much. She is pure in every way, not like a lot of the other girls who play spin the bottle and truth or dare all the time. She is pure. She is a virgin. And she is going to be an amazing mom. I've also chosen for you your earthly dad. I am your heavenly father, but you have an earthly father. His name is Joseph, and he is a good man. But to be real honest, Mary is going to get a lot more play. In other words, she's, she's Mary, you know. Joseph, he'll be lucky to get mentioned, but he's a good guy and he's going to be your stepdad. Now, Jesus, when you go to earth, you have to remember, if you're going to be born of a virgin, in other words, you're going to spend nine months in, in, in Mary's womb before she pushes you out into this cruel, cold world. And Jesus speaks up perhaps for the first time and says, nine months? Could we consider a, a stork? And God laughs, and Jesus is joking, and he says, you can do this. You can really do this. Just to be real clear why, you have to be born of a virgin because you're not going to have an earthly father who, who helps you to, to you be conceived. Therefore, you will not inherit the sin, uh, the sin nature of an earthly father, but you'll, you're still born of a, of a woman. Therefore, you are all man. But because I am your real father, you're also all divine. You're human and you're divine. You're man and you are God. That's why it has to be done this way. And Jesus says, of course, I understand. Now, when you're born, you need to understand this. You're going to be born in a very common place. Most people would expect you to be born in a, in a, in a palace because you are the son of God. But I've selected a very nice cave for you. Next is some farm animals. Jesus smiles and he says, I get it. We're going to let everybody know that I haven't come just for the rich and the powerful, but I've come for the common and the ordinary. And God says, exactly, Jesus. Now, when you're born, Jesus, from day number one, you need to realize that every demon in hell is going to hate you and for your whole life be coming after you to destroy you. The first time you're going to see this is when, even before you're even walking, where King Herod is going to issue a command that all the little boys under the age of two would be murdered because he's trying to find you. Your family is going to have to go on the run. You're going to have to try to escape to Egypt. And if you don't get out of there, your life is in danger. And I'm thinking at this time, you know, maybe Jesus is taking notes, you know, like note to self, remember to secure fast donkey right? 
<laughs> so God goes on to him and says this, Jesus, you're going to have supernatural power. All the power in the heaven you're going to have on earth. You're going to have more power than, than 11 uh, stranger things, you know. You're going to have supernatural power. He said, whenever your mom and dad try to give you a bath, if you don't want to take a bath, you have the power to part the bath water and sit on a dry tub. Jesus, just take the bath. If dad feeds you broccoli and you want to change it into cake, you could change it into chocolate cake. But Jesus, just eat the broccoli. When you go to school, you will have perfect attendance. You, you will make straight A's. And the teachers will love you. And the students, they'll be jealous of you. When you grow up, I've chosen for you to be a carpenter just like your earthly dad. You're not going to make a lot of money. But you're going to find fulfillment in helping people. You will be good at it, but people will not respect you in your hometown. They will not show you honor. But you will work with your hands creating because that's what we are. We are creative. And they have no idea that the very wood from which you form tables will be the same wood that they use one day to form the cross on which you will die. Jesus, use your power wisely. You will be able to speak and change things. Your first miracle I've chosen for you, you're going to change water into wine at a wedding. And Jesus looks a bit confused and says, Dad, my first miracle is going to be a party trick? And God smiles and says, yes. And Jesus says, why are we changing water into wine? And God says, son, we're going to mess with the Baptists. For years, they're, they're going to debate. What is real wine or, or was it non-alcoholic wine? What is it? We're going to have fun with them, Jesus. Jesus, you're going to do some real, real miracles. You're going to open blind eyes. You're going to heal deaf ears. You're going to raise the dead. And, and they're still going to hate you. They're going to call you a liar. They're going to call you a lunatic. They're going to call you a crazy person. They're going to say you are a drunk. They're going to say that you are my enemy. And just keep on loving them. Jesus, show them who we are. Show them my love. And what I want you to do is reach out and befriend those who are prostitutes. Touch, touch those who are lepers. Love those that re, religion rejects. The more you love, the more they will hate you. Just keep on loving. This is why you're going to remember to show them who I am, to show them my heart and my love. The devil is going to attack at every turn. The devil is going to attack. After you've been seeking me for 40 days, the devil will attack. When he does, I want you to fight back with the living word of God. Jesus, whenever the devil says, hey, turn these stones, you're hungry, turn them into bread, what verse will you use? And Jesus says, I know. I'll tell them, tell the devil that, that it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And God says, good, Jesus, good. What if though the devil tells you to throw yourself off a mountain just to test to see if I will send angels to protect you? And Jesus says, that's easy. I'll tell the devil it is written, thou shall not put the Lord your God to test. And God smiles and says, that's good, son. That's good. But what if, what if Satan throws a big one at you and says, I'll give you all the riches of the world, 
All you have to do is worship me for a moment. And Jesus says, Dad, I'll look at him and say, get away from me. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And God says, well done. That's exactly right. Jesus, just keep on standing strong. You're going to have friends. In fact, 12 men that you invest in and love, your disciples, and you're, you're going to give them your best. And, and they're going to love you back and, and be loyal to you until they're not. Peter, he'll be one of the boldest, one of the loudest. He's going to tell you, I, I'm always going to be there. If everyone else denies you, I'll never deny you. Then in front of a little eight-year-old girl, he's going to act like he never knew who you were, Jesus. And he'll do it a second time and a third time because he's too afraid to stand by you. That one is going to hurt. But when you're serving what would be known as our, our, our supper, the Lord's Supper, you'll break bread and, and you will hand out the wine. And that will represent what will happen to your body and the blood that will be spilled, and you will share that one of with one of your closest, a man named Judas. Hours after that, that very same man will, will sell you out for a few pieces of silver and hand you over to your enemies, and he will betray you with a kiss on the cheek. Just keep loving Jesus. God looks at him and says, Son, I want you to pay careful attention. That's going to be bad but it's only going to get worse. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you're going to see ahead what is coming to you. You're going to know. You're going to be so overwhelmed. You're going to ask me, Dad, is there any other way? And I'm going to tell them what I'm telling you now. You know there is not. You have to go to the cross. And you will look upon me with all the love and obedience in your heart, and you will say, okay, God, your will be done, not mine. Because of the pain of what you know is coming, you will literally sweat blood from your brow in agony. They will arrest you, and they are going to beat you, and you're going to hurt like no man has hurt before. You will not even be recognizable as a human. They'll whip you again and again and again and again. On your bare back, 39 lashes until you are ripped open and crying out in agony. Then they'll throw you down on an instrument of torture known as a cross and stretch out your right arm and drive a stake through your wrist. And you'll scream in agony because you are man and you will feel that pain. And when you think nothing could hurt anymore, they'll take your other arm. And they'll do the same thing again. And when you aren't sure you can survive the agony, they're going to take your feet and drive the, the stakes through your feet. And they will strip you naked to humiliate you and hang you on a cross where their very people that you're trying to love will come by and mock you and spit in your face and say, say Hail, Hail, King of the Jews, you saved other people. Why don't you save yourself? And the very people, Jesus, that we created will mock us, the creator. And because of who you are, you will look up to heaven and say, Dad, please have mercy on them. 
please forgive them because they do not even know what they are doing. Press on, Jesus. And at any moment, you could call legions of angels and I will send them to wipe them all out. But don't do that. Keep showing my love. Press on to the finish. And when you do, complete everything that it was prophesied you would do. Declare that you finished it. Say it out loud. It is finished. Then climb up into heaven and give me your spirits. Every step of the way, I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. I will never leave you until you have become sin. To take the sins of this world and die for those sins. Remember, you are the innocent sacrifice. And when you become sin, God says, I have to look away because I am so holy. I cannot look upon sin. And all the physical pain will pale in comparison to the moment when I withdraw. And you will cry out, Dad, Dad, my God, my God, why did you turn away? Why can't you be with me now when I need you the most? And just remember, I cannot look at sin. Cry out and and give your life for those who hate you. You'll be buried in a, a borrowed tomb. And then three days later, some women will come to check on the tomb. And the stone won't be in its proper place. And neither will you, son. Because you will be raised from the dead. Because we will fulfill the perfect and final sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins because we love them so much. Are you up for that, son? Are you willing to do that? Jesus weighs it all. He's taking it in. He counts the cost. He gulps, takes a deep breath, and says, Yes, I am. The Holy Spirit speaks up. Hey, guys, I'm over here. And Jesus says, oh, I didn't see you, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm always get left out. It's always God the Father, Jesus' Son. You know, God, Jesus, God. Everybody forgets about me. Jesus, don't forget about me. Tell them I'll be with them. And Jesus says, of course I will. This is what Jesus says. I will look at them. And I will tell them clearly. I will tell them if you love me and keep my commands, I'll ask the Father. And he'll give you another advocate to help you. He will be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, Emmanuel, God with us. And then Jesus says, I know I need to remind them that even when I go away, the Spirit will come and dwell within them. But then when I leave, I'm going to tell them what to do. And the promise I commit to make. I'll tell them, here is your assignment. And before I ascend into heaven, I'll say, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then I will tell them this, Dad. I am with you always till the very end of the age. 
because that's who we are. We will be the word made flesh. I am Emmanuel, God with them. We won't leave them. We won't forsake them. Even when they hate us, we'll continue loving them. Even when they turn away, we'll continue to pursue them. And God says, Jesus, are you up for this? And Jesus says, yes, yes, I'm up for this. And God asks, what's your missing, Jesus? Let's be really clear. And Jesus says, my mission is to seek and save the lost. My mission is to rescue those who are dead in their sins. I'm going to bring them life and life more abundantly. And God says, good, Jesus. Who are you going for? And Jesus says, I'm not going for the righteous. I'm going for the sinners. I'm not going for those who are already already healthy. I'm going for the sick. Why are you going, God asks. Because they are sheep without a shepherd. They need a shepherd. I am the good shepherd who will lay down his life for the sheeps. I've got to go. And God says, we have to go. We, We can't shout our love from heaven. We've got to show our love on earth. And Jesus says, I will go and show them how good you are. I'll show them how much you love them. I'll show them that love isn't just something that you do. But love is who you are. It's your essence. It's your being. Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1, again, we started there. Hear it again with this in context. And she will have a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Chandler Akers and those who are listening on this podcast, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always with you. His spirit dwells inside of you. When you are lost, He is with you as your guide. When you're alone, he is with you as your companion. When you're hurting, he is with you as your comforter. When you're afraid, he is with you as your peace. When you are sick, he is with you as your healer. And when you are weak, he is with you as your strength. And then when you are dead, lost in your sins, he is with you as your Savior. He is Emmanuel who came to save people from their sins. And that's the way I will tell my grandchild the story of the good news. That God didn't just shout his good news from heaven, but he came to earth and he was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice so we could just know how good he is. Who is he? He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed this series of God with us. I uh, hope you'll be able to also join us next week. Uh, we're going to do just a, a one, one-off message, as we like to call it, uh, called Words to Live By. And I hope you'll be able to join us next Monday for that. And then I'm also wanting to give you kind of a teaser a little bit. Um, the following week after that, we're going to start a whole new series called Mastermind, uh, how God is the master uh, of our mind. And so I hope you'll be able to join us for those uh, and uh, look forward to 
hearing from your comments, and I uh, hope you guys will continue supporting us. Thanks a lot. We'll be praying for you, and hope to see you soon.